0: Get a lot of hand clap of praise. Thank you for our praise team this morning. Our magicians, in Jesus name, thank God for you. I love every one of those musical instruments. And thank you for coming. Give a hand out, visitors today, in Jesus name. The rest of you are not visitors, and after, but Big Greg would say back there, our social pastor, he'd say, if you come more than once, you consider the family. Uh, but we need to make sure that we give you the proper welcoming and also some proper instructions. Again, I want to thank you for being with us. That's a little slide i asked to put up. Uh, For those of you who got this uh, bulletin, uh, that's a little statement about Wednesday night. We're going to start doing a little teaching on Wednesday nights consistent for the next four weeks or more. But we're going to start talking about the miracles in John. We're talking about one today. Since November, I've been on this theme. Since November. Since November. This is going to be a year of maximum impact. I want you to say maximum impact. Just say that. It doesn't even sound right to say maximum impact. And and the reason is because man, believe it or not, man is the only thing that God has ever created that fails to live up to its maximum potential. Every animal, every tree that God created lives up to its maximum potential. It goes out and it does all it can until it dies. Man does not. I got weeds growing through through my sidewalk. Buried up on the cement that that's a crack. And that weed will come up through that crack and reach for as much sunlight as it can. Even though it's buried up on the cement. We put a little pressure on man and man will bag off and say, oh, I'm not going to do it. It's too hard for me. I can't do it. I can't. No, it can't. Then you see some of us that did it. And this is the only thing that separates you from the person that did it. It's the person who did it put out a little more effort than you. They went a little farther than you. It wasn't that you couldn't. We have a problem with hope. I have a saying. You guys hear me say it all the time. Something good is just about to happen. Please go look up the word hope. In a Greek dictionary. It literally means. To expect something good to happen. It says to jump up with an expectation. That something going to happen. Your faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is based on what you hope for. The things that have come to the pass. Therefore I have a. I have a tremendous hope. I have, a, I have almost an unexhaustible a, a hope. I, I never get tired of believing God's going to do something greater. Because I know, and I've been saying this since 1995. Now, what happened in 1995? I got fired from a church I started, from a church I pastored for 15 years. I got fired from that church. My son was standing beside me, eight years old. My daughter was 12. We had to make a decision Well, we're going to go back to the states and work for this organization as a fundraiser they had declared to the whole organization that me i was one of the best fundraisers they ever had and i was too and they wanted me to come back and raise funds for organization and then my wife told me she heard from god that god told us to stay here i'm so glad he did and i said this and scared many people to death the day that i decided that i was leaving that organization i told my wife totally by faith totally by faith we will never be broke again. Within two years, I was out of debt, completely out of debt. Stayed out of debt, still out of debt. Now I'm purchasing something, but uh, we don't call it debt. It's an asset. But I stayed out of debt it's in 1997. Listen, people, you need to start realizing that you are the person who will determine whatever it is you accomplish in life. Not your mother, not your father, not your granddaddy, but you. And it's based on the choices we make. We're gonna look at some of the miracles. I I would say the greatest miracles that have ever existed, bar none. How many know the Lazarus was dead four days, yet the man came out of the grave. Even his sister said to the Lord, don't do it now, don't do it now, he stinks. That's the reason she said that. Many of you in this room right now do not really believe that Jesus can do for you now what you know he can do for you. You think, oh, Jesus can heal me, But if you were sick now, could you believe Jesus could heal you now? Because that was Mary's problem, Martha's problem. They knew Jesus had the power to do it, but they didn't believe Jesus had the power to do it now. So we want to examine that miracle so you'll see. If you were here last week, I know you don't remember what we talked about. uh, Maximum impact. How Jesus maximized all the situations in the Bible. He waited on purpose for Lazarus to be dead for four days. So they would get the maximum impact. Do you know that if Jesus had not waited four days, uh, this is gonna sound strange, one week later Jesus would not have been crucified. Jesus was crucified one week after this day. He had to wait to get maximum impact because that event alone pushed the Pharisees and the Sadducees to the point where they could could take no more. They said if we don't destroy this man, our whole nation will be taken away from us by the Romans because all men will be running behind Jesus. If he had not raised Lazarus from the dead, the Pharisees and Sadducees, as you read at the end, the last verse of chapter 11 says from that moment, they took counsel how they would crucify, how they would kill Jesus. So Jesus knew if I go too early, they ain't going to want to crucify me. If I go too late, they ain't going to want to crucify me. I'm going at a maximum time so that the impact would be great. And that's different instances in the Bible. But God steps in just in time. How come Daniel had to face the lions then? God could have stepped in at any time. How come the Hebrew children were thrown into the fire and they're looking in there at flames going around and yet that's a fourth man? That's a maximum impact. Why has King Hezekiah kind of got to eat grass and have hair like eagle feathers? Because God want a maximum impact why was Paul knocked off of the donkey right into Damascus and he knocked off a donkey and couldn't see for three days God wanted to emphasize the maximum impact that things have in your life why have you been going through the hell you've been through in 2019 so that God can show you the mercy and the grace on your life because you made it through there was times you didn't think you was gonna make it through but God says I have a way of doing things to accomplish maximum impact. Why the church not growing? Why people rotating? Uh, I- I've been here for 40 years. This is nothing new. It's new to you. I pastored for 10 years. Me and my wife, 10 years. Never got a salary. Never had over 50 people in the church. 10 years! That's more than 50 you here now. I pastored for 10 years. But to you, all oh, the churches did to church, is, this the church. I wanna slap you side of the head, but I won't in Jesus' name, but I won't do because I know. Like the Bible talks about the Hebrew children when they decided to go out to railborn. God pfft. Lord, there's people here who don't know their right hand from their left. And they would follow anything. And I've never seen a generation like this. Because this generation we have today has been raised to self-medicate, to self-stimulate to self-educate, everything is about self. We don't have time to listen to anybody. And because of the internet, and how fast information and stuff is going, we even live fictitious lives. Look so good on the internet, on your profile, and all that stuff, in reality, you're just barely making it. And we don't even tell people the truth. How many friends you got? You don't have any, let me tell you. You got a bunch of imitators and liars. Please listen to me. I'm 60 years old. You don't have any. I've had maybe two friends in my life that will actually do stuff for me. One name's Anthony Blade. hopefully he'll be over here this year. But I've had two, one name's James Wilkins. He was found dead standing beside the door in his house at 35 years old, drunk himself to death. I had two friends that I consider my friend, really close friends. So if you think you got a bunch of friends, you don't. you got a bunch of people lying to you. you wait waiting until things get tough. The tough going to get going. Paul says, hey, wh- wh- where's all my disciples? Where are the disciples of mine? Paul, they're all abandoning you. There's only one person standing with you now. And that was old John Mark. He said, well, tell John Mark to come and bring me my coat and my Smith, The rest of them are all abandoning it." we got to get real. So when we're looking at the miracles in the Bible, I want you to come out on Wednesday. Let us say Wednesday night. I want you to come out on Wednesday night. I want you to make a commitment for at least four weeks. How many of y'all can count to four? Let's make sure. One week, two weeks, three weeks. How many weeks, people? I can't how to get my finger up. I want you to make a commitment at least four weeks. Now, the reason I say that is because you're not going to get anything if you don't get committed. I want you to know what's in the book of John. I want you to know who John is. I want you to know that John is different from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And when John wrote his gospel, they all dead. I want you to know that. I want you to know that John paid a price. John's father was Mary's brother. Salami was John's father, was a Zebedee. He married the sister of Mary. So John knew Jesus personally in a way that you don't know. We always leaning on his chest and everything. That's how John said, Hey, Because, come here, you're going to take my mom and you're going to make sure my mom lives right. See, there's a lot of stuff about John. And John don't waste his time talking about no star and no shepherds following no star. John goes right to the heart of the matter. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Y'all hear what I just said? none of the gospel goes in the mess like that none of them even want to put it out there because if if matthew had said it, they would have crucified matthew right on the spot because you don't say a man is god if luke was to say it, luke wouldn't have been he's a gentile he wouldn't know it's john mark was to say it, he's getting all his information from, his second hand from peter and peter had off went went off to egypt by then and got crucified upside down saying he wasn't worthy to be crucified like his lord but John comes out of the Isles of Patmos where he had been in suffer Mountains for 50 years of his life. Paid the price. He could walk out and say, Jesus Christ is the word of God. And Jesus Christ is God. That's why the rest of the Bible don't say it. Because people was afraid to say it. It's like you walking out at work and saying, I'm a Christian. Uh-oh. uh-oh. I'm going to live for Jesus. Folks, don't say that. They don't say that. You be laughed at that. Laugh at an old man named John. And you look at his scars on his back. And you remember the stories that were told through all the other gospels about how he paid the price. And you're looking at a maximum impact person. So everything John said People hung on every word. Some of you know the first miracle Jesus did turning water to wine. Didn't that story capture you? Didn't it capture you? Water pops. Some of them could hold 16, some them could hold 32 gallons. And he had bunches of them. He filled them all to the brim. Because his mom asked him to. That captures your attention. John tells us that Jesus immediately left and go and turn over the table of the money changers and, and clean out the temple at the beginning of his ministry. None of the other Gospels say that. All the other Gospels say Jesus did it at the end of his ministry. John says he did it from the beginning. John lists three Passover feast. That John is the only book that gives us the actual age of Jesus and how many years Jesus ministered. None of the other Gospels tell us how many years Jesus ministered. Only the book of John. There's so many things in John. I want you to come out with night, tonight because I want you to know at least that one book of your Bible. You need to know all of them. But I want you to know John 316, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It came through the lips of John, through a story that nobody else talks about. Oh, Nicodemus, the truth of the matter is unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. What if John didn't write that? How did you hope to see the kingdom of heaven? You know your hope is based on the book of John. Chapter 3, verse 16. Do you know that? It is the most well-known verse in the entire Bible. Second quoted only to Jesus' wealth. John eleven thirty-five. 35. <coughs> Jesus' wealth is the shortest verse in the Bible. And all the Sunday school kids know it. But John 3, 16 the most well-known and well-loved verse in the Bible. And John the revelator. John, little John, John called the lover, John who went to prison, John who followed Jesus into all of his trials, his three civil trials and his three religious trials, John who nobody thought much of because he was a young man at the time, probably 16, 17 years old. But now John has something to say. So I want you to come out on Wednesday nights. And the reason I want you to come out on Wednesday nights so you get used to coming to church again. Build some discipline in your life. Did you ever hear what I just said? Build some discipline in your life. You Instead up watching squirrel turns on TV and all that crazy mess, it's not helping you any. But get to know the Bible. When I was in my darkest hours, and I still may be facing them, I lay down on that hospital bed, and I thought, quoting scriptures, and I thought saying what God said, and it encourages me. The last time I was in the hospital, my doctor asked me. My doctor came up to me on a Saturday. I was going to leave on a Sunday and said, I want to talk to you about prayer. I've been seeing this doctor for three years. He never mentioned to me about prayer or anything. I want to talk to you about prayer. He says, every time I come around here, you always reading your Bible. Or you're always smiling. You all got something good to say. And he said, we know just a couple months ago how sick you were. We know. He said, I want you to talk to me about prayer. He says, I pray. My mom pray. We all pray. I said, who do you pray to? Oh, I pray to God, the God in heaven. I pray to the the, the God of all gods in heaven. I said, What's his name? (laughs) Oh? I said, What's his name? Tieno Tosama. No, no, you're saying God of heaven. What's his name? I don't know his name. Nobody knows his name. I said, I know his name. I know his name. I said, If your prayer is going to be effective, you need to pray to a God you know. I say in my Bible, it says Jesus taught his disciples to pray to their father, not some nebulous God in heaven. So you want to know how come I'm so happy, how come I can get up and walk around, how I can say I'm going to be out of this hospital on Sunday because I know my God. I know his name i bind satan in the name of jesus i rebuke fever in the name of jesus i get out of the bed when i can't get out of bed in the name of jesus and god gives me the strength but let's say oh god in heaven never is got out there father mother whatever you are help me to get out of here help me bind Satan. it ain't gonna happen there's no power there's no authority if you're just praying you're just reciting mantras and people in every religion pray the difference is the power he says I gotta talk to you again because I said when I, you need to know who he is he said well, I, I gotta go back to work I, got, I gotta go back to work now but I come back and talk to you again I want him to and I'm gonna talk to him about this guy of miracles one of my favorite songs is the God of miracles that we do even when you don't realize that God's still working you're not even aware of God's still working even right now go to John chapter 11 I won't keep you long today. There's only two really supernatural things I want you to remember about this message. I want you to understand that God is working right now in the moment. In the moment. See, the difference between most people, faith in God, can be seen in Mary and Martha. We've already covered the first 17, 18 verses, so I won't do that again. But Jesus was only two miles away from Bethany. Two miles. Jesus could have walked there in 15 to 20 minutes. He could have ran there in no time. We were watching a show called Alaska Alaska where this guy did a 26 mile marathon. He started early in the morning, he ran 26 miles with a 60 pound pack on his back, trying to be like the Marines, right? He ran it, he swam, he did his, everything got back to his house in the afternoon. He did it in like nine hours with a 60 pound pack on his back. Don't you think Jesus could have went two miles? without too much problems. But the Bible says after, after they told Jesus, Lazarus was sick, Jesus intentionally stayed for three days. At the end of three days, he tells the disciples, let's go wake up Lazarus. They said, well, if he's sleeping, Lord, he does well because they think Lazarus is just asleep. And then the Bible says, Jesus said plainly, Lazarus is dead. Thomas said, Well, we might as well go to Jerusalem and die with you because we know the people that are married with you. So we might as well go and die with you. You're going to go. Let's all go and die with you. And that's where we left at last time. Jesus walks in, and this is what Martha said because Martha's always the one to run out. Mary's always sitting in the house. She was sitting in the house on this occasion, too. We'll see in a minute. Martha said, Lord, if you had been here, there's a lot of ifs. There's 11 ifs in the book of Uh, there's there's seven major ifs just in this one chapter. There's 11 ifs in the next two chapters. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever been like that? God, if you had just answered my prayer, God, if you had just did this, God, if my husband hadn't did this, God, if my wife hadn't did this, God, if my children hadn't did this, then I wouldn't be in it. No, no, no. Jesus said, did I say unto you that I am the resurrection in the life. I'm not going to become the resurrection when you need it. I already am the resurrection. Yes. Did y'all hear what I just said? Yes. Jesus going to become your healer when you need healing. No, he's not. Jesus is already your healer. Yes. He's either your healer or he's nothing to you. you just a figment of your imagination thinking that Jesus going to be your And the reason that sickness comes is to put you to a test to see whether or not Satan, you remember? I ain't calling you Satan. I'm gonna go here. Satan, you remember my servant Job? You remember servant Job? Satan, I don't care what you do to Job. He will not deny me. He will not curse me. For God, if you take your heads and protection around him. Granted, ah, oh, his children take my hands protection off that. All that. Just don't take his life. Read the whole book. You'll find Job never once cursed God. He cursed the day he was born. He wondered why God gave him that wife and she was still alive. He went all yeah. kinds of stuff. But he never cursed God. He had enough sense. He hanged on to his integrity to the very end. He put his hands over his mouth so he couldn't speak because he said, I dare not say anything against God and God's grace, God's mercy. I got a little two months ago I got a little discouraged. I was in the hospital, that paralyzed my back, I couldn't move. I think I shared this, with you guys. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I was terrified. I was terrified. I pushed every button I could push. I couldn't move nothing in my head. <laughs> but I managed to get that little nurse thing and push it. And the doctor coming down. I was terrified. I was terrified. I was terrified. I said, doctor, you got to knock me out. Do something. The clock is going click, click. It's 3 o'clock. Click, 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 click. I'm going crazy. They gave me a sensitive. Knocked me back out. I woke up at 5 o'clock. Same thing. Tick, 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 tick. I said, Lord, this is so discouraging god if you god said if what who would you like me to put the sickness on your wife no your kids no how about your worst enemy at church i don't even want my worst enemy at church to go through what i went through i would want a dog to go through the things i went through they showed me a camera about this big around about that long some of y'all have seen that camera before greg and my brother back there in the back, they've seen that camera. That camera got to go down your throat, to your belly, turn over, and come back up. And all men has an Adam's apple. I don't know you know or not, Women a little bit easier, but men got this big Adam's apple. This Adam's apple, do not move. It do not stretch. That thing has to be forced down there, and you have to swallow. You got to be wake, awoke the whole time. You have to swallow this camera. I'm going to, that's crazy. That one was half as bad as them big old bagpipes that they used when they went in to check my bladder. And they didn't go through my throat when they go in to check my bladder. Okay, I just said it like that. Uh, that was worse. I'm like, what in the world? That's not like three tubes, bagpipes. Th- no, 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 son, we're going to put this in you. I said, no, no. Yeah, yeah we are. So you think I wish that on anybody? No. I said, God, please forgive me for my complaining. In that very room that I was in, twice at the hospital, people on the bed right next to me died while I was there twice. And my last five days in a hyperbaric chamber, a man by the name of Mr. Issa, who six months ago was in a situation with me doing chemotherapy, they took all his lip nodes out of his neck, and they took out his voice box. He's 73. He wrote me a letter saying, I'm so glad to see you again. I told him I had. Three more days left for half Chamber. He says, let me tell you something I'm very happy about. I'm still here. I can't talk. Can't even make any sounds. But I'm still alive. He says, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see you. He said a whole lot of good things. He wrote me a couple of notes. But I'm going like, Lord, thank you, Jesus. Maybe that's why I went down to the hospital to meet Mr. Esau. Or to talk to my doctor about prayer. That's the reason everything happened, and God's going to get the glory out of it. Look real quickly at something in John chapter 11, because I want to take you to the second part of this story. The first part is that Jesus intentionally took the time not to go. But go to verse 32, and we're going to pick up on the second half of this story. And there's some things I want you to see in the second half of the story. The first half is was pretty much all dependent on Jesus being at the right place at the right time. The second half of the story is Mary and Martha and the multitudes being at the right place at the right time. You ever wonder why you're here? Why you came to Okinawa? I remember before I got married to my wife and they sent me to Okinawa, Japan. I was in the Air Force, I was in Texas, and I put in on what they call a dream sheet, where you fill out where you wanna go, and they give you five choices, and I put off every choice I put down was in the United States of America on the East Coast. Everything I got was overseas. Japan, Germany, everything that they gave me was overseas. But when they said Okinawa is probably going to be where you go, I couldn't even find Okinawa on the map in 1976. Now I know that's a long time for most of y'all But in 1976, even Taiwan was called Formosa on the map. Taiwan was not called Taiwan. That happened after the rebellion and they broke away from China for those who still wonder. In fact, if you were to really go deep in the Okinawa history, it was called The Great Luchu. The Luchu in the albums. And so I'm looking, trying to find Okinawa, couldn't find it. Finally, the others came, and I told my wife to be, and my mom and dad, I was going to Okinawa, Japan, and they were all crying and booing, uh, cause back where I'm from, they called Japan, J-Pan! You going to Japan? With all them Japanese people? I thought, help us, Jesus. I never knew God sent me here. I didn't come here willingly. I didn't come come because I wanted to come. God sent me here. I got here June 6th, 1976. Excuse me. I got here. I got here in April. April 27th, April 28th. June 6th, not even a month, later, I got saved. July, I gave my life to Christ to really thought of living as a missionary. October at family camp, I dedicate my life to be a pastor, pastor in churches. Six, seven months, my whole life had changed. My wife had, my girlfriend at the time had decided she didn't want to marry me anymore because I got so radical about Jesus, but I knew that was on temporary. <laughs> I just kept sending the Bibles and tracts. I still have a paper, a letter that she wrote me on, on a lunch paper about her accepting Jesus and her birth, and her baptism certificate that she sent me and said, I am a Christian now. We can call the marriage back on. I will follow you wherever God leads. Ah oh, man, I was in heaven. I was like, "Whoa, jeez!" I was so happy, so happy. I watched God do miracle after miracle in my life ever since then. And I'm still 42 years later. Get a lot of hand for my sweetie right here, three to one. 42 years later, I had to realize something, and it started early for me, and it's been 40 years. You're sitting in the building right now because of God being a right now God. Right now, God. We have a school. 45 kids on the wall out there because God is a right now God. We have 120 something in school right now called God. I know y'all didn't hear that. Where do you get 120 kids from? God. Some of the people say that kids in our school. Why? Not that we're all that great. We're all that good. It's because of a God that we serve. He's a right now God. Some of y'all got a God that we're out in the future. Lord, if I get pregnant and I want not have a baby, you're going to protect me through that. God said, No, I'm protecting you now. You're never going to get pregnant if I don't protect you now. You're never going to get married if I don't protect you now. You're never going to have what it is you want to have if I don't do it now. But your faith got to become a now faith, which is going to take intentional living, which is something that me and my son have been talking about and might do some on. Living intentional, making a choice. Intentional living simply means that you choose every day to do what you do. You make a choice every day. I could have stayed in bed this morning. So could you. But I chose to get up so did you. Thank God for that. The decisions you make every day will determine who you become and what you become. Look at this real quick. So I'm going to show you two things I want you to get out of this today. I'm going to keep them simple because I just want you to know that God will do his part. He's always working. Will you do yours? We you do yours? Somebody remind me about the four lepers. So I want to do that in closing. So, when Josh will get to come up, quarter after, 10 minutes after, when you come up, and uh, remind me of the full lepers, I forget. Because it has to do with this. I'm reading from the NIV, International Standard Version, John chapter 11, verse 32. I'm just going to read all the way down to verse 53. Okay? As soon as Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet and told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 33. Jesus, when Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had came with her crying, he was greatly troubled in spirit and deeply moved. He asked, where have you laid him? Or where have you put him? They, they told him, Lord, come and see. And this is important. I just want you to know that there's some things going to be happening here. Never happened before because this is a miracle. They said, Lord, come and see, verse 35. Jesus birthed in the tears, it says in 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 it. King James says, and Jesus wept. Or Jesus cried. The implication of the word cry here doesn't mean that he just went. (laughs) Jesus actually cried. Like that movie Platoon. Why are you leaving me? (laughs) Jesus, with an audible stream, let people know he was anguished let him know, let them know he was in pain. Jesus didn't have to do that, but he did. Jesus was very intentional about everything Jesus did. He was intentional about not going for three days. How many remember that? He wasn't going to go. He was intentional about letting the disciples know that Lazarus was dead. He was intentional when he came and met Martha. And Martha said, if you had been here. And then Martha gave those beautiful words that I preached on last week. Even now, Lord. Even now, we know that when you ask the Father in vain, the Father will do it. Even now, you can raise my brother from the dead. We all need an even now faith. We all need to have faith for now. Faith is the substance of things. Hope for, I expect it to happen. It's the evidence or the title deed of the thing that you're trying to get from God will actually become yours. You need a right now God and a right now faith. Because I want your life to matter for something. Look at verse 36. So the Jews said, see how much he loved him. But some said, some of them said, surely the one who opened the eyes of the blind man, could he not have kept this man from dying? Couldn't he? See, the opening the eyes of a blind man of one born blind is one of the miracles that's recorded in John. That's not in Matthew. Not in Mark. It's not in Luke. The opening of the man who had what's called congenital blindness. He had either no eyes or no slots for the eyes. And Jesus made some eyes out of clay and stuck in his head. You gotta be kidding me. I know that's a lie. Read your Bible. Well Matthew don't say nothing about it. Mark don't say nothing about it. Luke don't say nothing about it. Neither did he say anything about lives being made from the dead. But John says in John chapter nine, that that was a man born blind. And here's what the disciples did when they saw him. Who sin? This guy looks so bad, somebody sin. I mean, somebody sin. There's gotta be some problems here. Something's happened. It was probably his parents. All these common believing people in here. If you're from any, uh, from these backgrounds, different religion karma uh, is fate. No. Jesus said it had nothing to do with karma. Nothing to do with fate. Had nothing to do with his parents. Here's a real important. Had nothing to do with him. Jesus going to maximize the moment. He's going to maximize the moment. <laughs> he's going to do something that's never been done. But why not this man that raised, listen, David said, This man that put eyes on a blind man, could he not have healed These are unbelievers, people. These are unbelievers, but they got evidence with what they had saw. I told y'all there was eight miracles in John that's not recorded anywhere else. Are you sure that Peter actually walked on water? It's only in the book of John. I don't know if you know that or not. It's only in the book of John. See, that's a lot of things that we think we know that we never question. And the reason we don't question them is because it happens so fast. We go through it reading it so fast, it seems like that everybody believes that Jesus. Let me read a few verses. You already know this, but let me just remind you. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, where was Peter? Where was John? Where was James? Where was any of his disciples? Let me get, let me drop some dope on you. They did not believe that Jesus was coming back. Peter said, let's go fishing, and all went fishing. You better be careful what you think you believe. Because you may not know Jesus, because you got all this watered-down stuff from Matthew, Mark, Luke. Listen, listen, listen. And I said watered-down, they dealt with a history they did not deal with the deity. They dealt with the history, what Jesus did. John says, I deal with the history. All the libraries in the world could not contain the things that I could tell you about what Jesus did historically. But these are ready. That you might believe that Jesus is Christ the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. The only thing John wants you to see from these scriptures is how much people did not believe. Pastor, i'm gonna pray for you i want to come pray for you i want to come pray for you don't pray for me you don't have faith believe i'm gonna be here don't pray for me huh pastor you don't know i, I do though you're not faithful in attending church you're not faithful in coming on Wednesday night. you're not faithful in tithing you're not faithful in bringing your child to church and you'll punish the child taking the ice cream shot, but you won't let him go to church because you're mean on saturday listen get your head in the right place you're not you don't have the right to ask god to heal anybody if you're not serious God's don't look at him and say remember the seven sons of Sceva they said demons spoke and said Jesus we know and Paul we know but who are you trying to command me to heal somebody you better make sure you have a right relationship with God look at the next few verses and you'll start seeing how Mary and Martha they had faith in the resurrection one day but they didn't have faith for God to do something right then my prayer is always that you're thought having faith for God to do something right now my faith is that God will help me do something right now my faith is that God will help turn around this church until it start growing again and people come in and stay and that we're we'll all thought being a better witness and sharing our faith and that we'll all make a commitment how about trying Wednesday nights for four weeks Make a commitment that we all thought wishing people got saved and get baptized in water so the world could see. That we all have people coming in from other churches from around the country and they say, you know what? We used to see this at our church. I mentioned this before. When I was in my 20s, I lay hands on the sick. We, had a, we have a sick line on one side of the church every, every Sunday. There'd be people who were sick get on this side for healing. And we have a sign on this side. People want to be saved. 150 people. Only 50 people in church. People to get healed like crazy. We'd sit on people, sometimes 30, 40 minutes, sit on them in the back, command the demon not to speak, Put them back to screaming, shut up in the name of Jesus, you shall not speak. Sometimes the windows would knock. The windows would be rattling like an earthquake. No earthquake. What was knocking on those windows? i tell you, but I scared to death. It was an everyday occurrence. Now we got so sophisticated. I can't find demons on Facebook. I can't find demons on my internet. Listen, we don't got so far away from what God does. God is not going to send you an email. That's a good show. God friended me. Not going to ever happen. God knows where you live. God knows how many breaths you take at night. God knows when you're going to rapid eye movement. God knows how to slip in between your dreams and wake you up from a dead sleeper. We got to get back to this. Here's what Jesus said. Verse 38. He groaned deep with himself. Jesus came to the tomb. Now watch this. He came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was laying on it. Verse 39. Jesus said, Remove the stone. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> God, that God can do anything He wants. God ain't moving the stone. Ah, uh, let me just make the plain. Here's God. God can do anything. Lord, my wife is just out Why don't you remove it, God? Says, I ain't gonna remove it. My husband is. God, says, I ain't gonna remove it. My kids are this. I'm not going to remove the stone. I got a drinking problem. I got a gambling problem. I got this problem. God says I am not going to do it. There's some things. You gotta do it for yourself. Some of you are better at doing things than others. That brother that can play the bass guitar, play the drums, much better at it than I. Woo! Lord of mercy! My sister with the flute just put me in another whole dimension when she's playing her fruit and castle with the beautiful little lady playing the piano. She's so little and cute, like a little baby. But you know, she can play that piano so well. Joshua get up here and, Make Daddy proud all the time he get up there and sing and put his heart in it. And he's bouncing, and he's rocking, and I'm oh gonna Lord Jesus. Some people are good at things, other people are not. But it's called your gifts and your talent. And when you're asking God, how come it's so hard? Because you got to remove the stone yourself. Don't wait for other people to do it. Your business that God wants you to start, He's already got a name for your business. He already know where it's going to be at. He already know how He's going to prosper you. I met a man uh, named Michael Hyde. His first year in business, he made seven, he made seven hundred eighty thousand dollars. His first year in the business. His second year, he made one point five billion dollars. His second year, one point five million dollars. The second year, Sucking year. I went to two of his conferences. I didn't go to the third but his gross income now is over 8.5 billion a year. You know what he did? He wrote a book, a journal. He started a journaling thing, telling people to journal their experiences, write it down, and he got this daily plan journal, and he perfected it. Now he's a billionaire, a millionaire going up, gonna be a billionaire in no time, because he has a system. And he believes in himself. Verse 40, Jesus told her, I told you that if you believe you would see the glory, you would see God glory, didn't I? Verse 41, so they removed the stone. Jesus looked upward and said, notice, Father, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd. Standing here, I'm going to maximize the moment. I'm going to say this, God, not because I need to say it, but I'm going to say it because there's people who I need. Let me tell you what he needed. Let me tell you what he needed. He needed these people to do some things. Some of the things he needed people to do, you're going to find out at the end of the, book, at the, end of the chapter, were not good. Some people went and told the first and second scene, Jesus doing miracles. And they decided to kill him. But if he had not said it loud, those people would not have moved. If he had just bowed his head, Lazarus would come forth. Hmm. He said it for the sake of the people. Now, note something else, verse 46. Some of them, however, went to the Pharisees. See? Let's go back to verse 44. Let's go back to verse 42. I know that you hear me, but I said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me, verse 43. After saying this, he shouted with a loud voice. Lazarus, come out. The man, that, the man who had died came out, his hands and his feet tied with scripts of cloth, his face wrapped with a handkerchief. Jesus told them, untie him and let him go. Many of the Jews who came with Martha and observed what Jesus did, believed on him. Some of them, however, I like how the Bible put that, don't, don't ever think people are gonna always agree with you. Most people won't. You can find most people disagree with you, then agree with you. Well, y'all don't know what I'm going through. Uh, hello, about 80% of people don't care. And 20% who do care got problems too. And that's five or 10% that's just glad it's you and not them. They're like, thank you, Jesus, and not me. You need to know that. So don't get mad if people don't like come and kiss you every time you fall and hurt you, get a nail or somebody like that. I'm not going to do this anymore. I don't want to do this in church anymore. I don't want to do that in church anymore. Wake up, people. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. Forever. You get a great singer. We used to have great singers in this church. Every few years they change. Ben, you've been with me for a long time. Every few years they change, don't they? We never keep a great singer in the church for any length of time. Josh probably be out longer when we have here because he's a staff and he's my son. But they go all the time. Get great Sunday school teachers. Greater Warner Club leaders. They last two or three years and they're gone. It's called military rotation. Then we're like, what we're we gonna do? Nobody doing want us. Gross. Oh Lord, help me Jesus. Grow up. What are you doing? I'm not doing nothing. God call you to be a one-on-leader. I didn't hear that. That's, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Of course you do. Of course you do. It reflects on your commitment. Commitment never shows up until you show up. I told you guys that a couple months ago. I like, this, this is something. Write down. Commitment shows up when you show up. There's people who come and talk to me all the time about their marriage being in trouble, about they need this and need that. On Sunday morning, I look around don't see them. Now, they might be here, but I'm saying, if you give them a word and they're not there, they ain't going to change. They have to be under the teaching of that word. Just like bringing coffee to church or donuts in the church or whatever in the church. That's a big sign said, don't bring no food in here. But if we don't remind people that, they're going to walk in with food. We all respect the pulpit, but even my grandkids run around on this pulpit, I to had, to His, had to grab them. My wife had to grab them. Josh had to grab them. My had to grab them. And that's what kids do. It's okay, but we don't have to make it a. I'm gonna bring him, him, set him on the pulpit. That's ridiculous. Teach them to respect the house of God. Teach them to have some respect. You don't have to run out of your house everywhere. Teach them the same thing. My grandma used to stick her finger in my ear, four and five, six years old. Man, in my ear be hurting so bad. But she taught me how to respect the things of God. I'm almost finished, people. Josh, you can get ready. Watch this. Verse 47, men of the Jew that came with Mary had observed what Jesus had believed, but somehow went and the Pharisees and told what was done. So the high priest and the Pharisees assembled the council saying, what are we going to do? This man is performing many signs. Verse 48, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. That's some great ifs in the Bible, huh? If Jesus keeps doing what he's doing, everyone will believe. That means that even the Pharisees and the Sadducees believed. In fact, they even said. He's have done many notable miracles. That was a dude who had no eyes. We believe, we know. We saw the dude. He's sitting big Now he can see. There was a dude over here who was dead and in the tomb for four days. hey. He's hopping around. He's talking. We cannot deny these are miracles. And that the same dude that three and a half years ago came and overthrew the tables in the morning changes and called us all white white sepulchers. We cannot deny this man has power. uh, uh, Nicodemus had went to him. One of the high priests and one of the, the priestly line of the Pharisees and. And got counsel from him and said, This man is a rabbi. It cannot be denied. He's worthy of a rabbi. Everything Jesus did had maximum impact. So why not this? Look at verse 41. Now he did this not knowing Caiaphas, the high priest, made a prediction. Caiaphas, verse 49. But one of them, Caiaphas, he was the high priest that overseed three trials of Jesus. He also overseed the trial of James, who got his head cut off in the book of Acts he also was this the person who was ready to kill Peter and Paul when they were in prison the same Caiaphas it says but Caiaphas the high priest of that year told them you do not know anything for you do not realize that it's better for you to have one man to die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed now he did not say this of his own initiative as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. And not only for the nation, but he was also gathered unto one, the children of God, who were scattered abroad. That's us. Verse 43. So that from that day they resolved to put him to death. Let me just get you guys to see three things. First, note Jesus came to the house. Even though he was God, he asked Mary, where did you put him? That's in verse 43. And Mary told him, would the people come and see? Martha told him, come and see. When Jesus goes to the tomb, he wept. Because he saw the crowd, he saw the people, he saw what we're going through. I really believe when Jesus comes to us and we're hurting, Jesus is filled with compassion. And he hurt with us. That's why he said, take my yoke upon me. Learn from me. I'm weak. He says, I- I'm meek and I'm humbled. I'm not going to ignore your pain. I know what's happening in your house. I know what's happening in your body. I know what's happening in your life. I know you should have got promoted, but you were overlooked, and you've been there for years, so nobody promoted. I know you wonder why things are happening in your life and I weep with you. But then he said something. Very strange to Martha. When he saw the stone over this big hole in the ground. Martha, some of you mourners over there. Y'all remove that stone. Jesus, why you don't tell your disciples to do it? No, no, they were not here during the three days of agony. While y'all were burying him? They were not here when your brother died. They were not there. They were me. We were two miles away. You were here. You went through the hell. Now you got to remove the things. You got to get rid of the things. That's keeping you trapped. It is not easy. But stop blaming me for not being here. Then I tell you that when I come, I'm the same God now as I was over there? I didn't come on purpose. Why? Uh, you gotta get rid of some things. I had to deal with all kinds of fears. I had to deal with all kinds of suffering. I had to look at what ifs. I had to make peace with my God and myself and my family. There's a lot of things to happen during sickness. I also got a chance to go to the children's ward and look at these little kids. And I'm in my sixties and they're four and five and six. And they're dying in the hands of their mothers and fathers. And I said, Lord, I'm a selfish old, no good, nothing. I'm serious, people. I looked at myself and I was ashamed of who I was. Not the longest I've lived. There was one kid that was so pretty. I told my wife and others this child was too pretty to die. She was just so beautiful. Skull all cut up, back. My kids were born perfect, pretty much perfect. They weren't autistic. They weren't triple. They were like most of yours. Stop complaining about them. Remove the stone. God, no matter what you let me go through, your grace is sufficient. Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Hit me with your best shot. I'm going to be like Joe going to ever find me cursing you i'm going to remove every stone and jesus went thank you i could have did it myself but i wanted you to understand that for to get the maximum impact in your life the things you got to do you got to do then i said remove the stone if jesus had not said lazarus come forth every dead person in every grave around there would have hopped out because the power of what he said was so great he said God I know whatever I say you're going to do it so if he said dead people come out of the grave they all would have came out of the grave there'll be dead people coming out from all over the place but because of the people I want just one this one ain't gonna wanna come because he have been in the presence of the Lord for three days. But I want this one to come. Father, I know I'm asking a lot. I'm asking you to send Lazarus back from heaven, from paradise. Lazarus come forth. And the Bible says, he that was dead, that's what the Bible says, came forth, wrapped in a burial shroud, wrapped with a dress of mummification. Now, the Jews had the two ways of, of, of dealing with people when they died. One, they would burn them up. If a person that had been prominent in the community, they would have a big nationwide ceremony and like burn the person up. In the other was to mummify the person, following the, the, the traditions of the mummies so the body could be preserved for later coming back and putting spices all around and then all that stuff. Apparently, they haven't even put spice around Lazarus. Remember when Jesus died, after three days, Mary and the ladies came and brought the spice to put on Jesus' body. So it wasn't uncommon for the person to be laying out, pucefying for three or four days. But here's this thing coming to the door. And then the Lord makes another request. I want to stop on this one. Jesus said, Mary, Martha, all the rest of you guys. I could just say, grave clothes be gone and they be gone. But I'm not. How many of you are willing to help remove the grave clothes off of people who come into the church dead? People that come into your life dead. They don't know Jesus. They don't know that right hand from the left. They don't know about being gracious or merciful or inviting people over to their houses or buying lunch for them. They don't know any of that stuff. They just come to the church and they're looking for somebody that would be a friend or somebody that would say hi to them. Jesus says, Lazarus is standing right over there. I need you to take off the glory clothes. Two things I want you to remember. Jesus is not going to do for you what you need to do for yourself. You need to be faithful. You need to be committed. You need to be intentional. You need to make a difference in your life that matters. You need to stop saying, I'm going to change one day and realize that faith is for today. Faith is now. That's first. Number two, got to be willing to remove the grave clothes that we all so easily ensnared with. Any grave clothes are the things that hold you back. Any of them. Wrapped around your face, wrapped around your feet, it doesn't matter. Christ asks you to come out and he asked you to get involved. We can have the best nursery on the island. We have people volunteer to do it. We can have the best Sunday school program on the island. We have people do Sunday school. We can have the best ushers in the parking lots anywhere. We have people to be ushers. We have the best babysitters on the island. We have people that babysitter. And it's not a matter of we don't know it. It doesn't matter if we don't do that. I want you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. I want you to remember these things. God wants to maximize the moment in your life. Wherever you're at right now, whatever you're going through right now, you may have a little small child or a teenager. Lord, help teenagers, please, in Jesus' name. I remember when my kids were in between. Whoa! Those in-between years were something. In between years, then they got teenagers, and teenagers was up Then they left home, and Papa cried. Then they got older, Papa still cried. No, they got older, they could take care of Papa got proud. We have to start realizing, people. God wants us to remove the stones. And he want us to remove the grave clothes. Your old way of thinking could be a grave clothes. Your old way of thinking could be a stone. Your own way of doing things could be a stone. Your old way of doing things in the church before could be a stone. What am I going to do if I don't do something for God? Have you ever thought about that? I'm coming to church and I'm doing nothing. Why are you coming? I'm not sitting there to run your way. I just want you to understand something why are you coming I want everything I can get from God God's going hey 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 I want everything I can get from you you're the one who said I give you my life you the one who said I want to live for God so I'm a reminder this morning maximize the moment what are you doing for God right now I dare not come to this church without praising Him. I dare not come to this church without worshiping him long as there's breath in my body I'm going to try to serve the best that I can it says when the Lord has said lose him people said this man raised Lazarus from the dead he opened people's eyes couldn't he not have saved them from the beginning and the Lord said it would not have been maximum if I had did it for days ago. I need to impress somebody enough that they would go and tell the Pharisees and they would go and tell the scribe, If y'all don't stop this man, everybody in the whole world will believe. I want you to live your life in such a way so people say about you, that girl loves God. That man loves God. Those teenagers love God. That church loves God. The people in that church are willing to show up, are willing to learn. And I don't expect you to know what you don't know. you got to learn. The church should be a hospital. The church should be an institution that teaches people the word. You should know that when you use the name of Jesus, that there's power in that name. It's all up to you. Let me pray for you father in the name of jesus help us to remove the stones that keep us from doing what you want us to do and help us to be willing to remove the grave clothes off of ourselves and others that you've called to make a maximum impact in 2020. i believe people will be coming out of debt coming out of fears coming out of bad marriages coming out of bad relationships I believe families will be restored, houses will be built. I believe bank accounts will expand. I believe people will get visions. I believe dreams will be dreamed. And I believe with all my heart, God, that Zion's gonna grow and you're gonna turn us around. For us to believe in miracles, we need to know that they're true. We need to know that they're real. We need to know that they can happen to us. And I declare over this group of people right now in the name of Jesus, that they'll begin to notice the miracle makers among them. That they'll begin to notice the people that are living in what we call high victory. That they'll begin to notice the marriages that are strong and going on. That they'll begin to notice the teenagers that are faithful coming to church. That they begin to notice, Lord, that they're more faithful than they've ever been. And that they're more blessed than they've ever been. And that from today, from today, God, that they will have it right now Faith. Lord, I know that my brother will raise again in the last days. Jesus says, Have I not said unto you that I am the resurrection and I am the life? We're not waiting till the last days. I don't want you to wait till the last days. I don't want you to wait till the last day to be blessed. I don't want you to wait till the last day to start doing what God told you to do. I want you to start today. This is the rest of your life. Let's have maximum impact take place. In the name of Jesus, God. While every head is bowed, every eyes closed. I'm gonna ask Brother Craig if he'll come in here with me. In Jesus' name, my wife is up here with me. She needs prayer. Listen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not pray but have everlasting life. Jesus came into this world not to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved whosoever calleth upon the name of the Lord shall be saved you cannot change yourself you have to have the power of the Holy Spirit to change yourself into the Christian to believe that God wants you to be you have to have the Holy Spirit of God within you in order to understand the things of God but if you're here and you wonder how you get that started, it's very simple. You start right where you're at. You realize that God so loved you. Put your name in John 3.16. So for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that if you would believe, you could have the power to become the sons of God or the daughters of God. If you're willing to open your heart, Christ is more than willing to come in put you on that journey wow, all the heads are bowed all the eyes are closed my brother Craig and I look at my wife and at me. other than that if you need Jesus to change your life I'm not going to ask you to come to the front if you don't want to come but if you need Jesus to change your life and you like prayer and God will change your life you just slip your hand up real quick so I can pray for you By raising your hand you're saying I want Jesus to change my life amen anybody else just raise your hand my sister right here my sister over here I got three sisters, no brothers in here. Jesus, listen, you need Jesus to change your life. Just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hand down. Say this with me. Hear these words coming out of your mouth. And all of you standing around them, you can pray the same prayer if you would. Say, dear Lord Jesus, say, dear Lord Jesus, I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with my heart that Jesus died for me. Come into me, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I would not go back. I would not turn around. I'm going forward. I have a right now faith. And I believe with all my heart that you have come into my body. Take over, Lord it In the name of Jesus Father I believe in Jesus name That everyone who prayed that prayer Has begun a journey with the Lord Jesus Christ Now give them the power Of your spirit within them Let them sense the presence of God Let them know that the name was written down In the Lamb's book of life And from the day forward They don't have to look back In fact when you look at your past Keep it behind you Keep it behind you Your future is bright God loves you, I love you and something good is about to happen in your life. Somebody give God some praise. You're all free to go. If you're allowed to come for for prayer, we will be here. But other than that, you're free to go. Wednesday night, 6.30. Be out here Wednesday night. I have a little. I got all these notes already prepared for you guys. I'm going to give you a little booklet so you can fill out the next four weeks. Uh, things about John. You come out and get it Wednesday night, 6.30. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for coming. If you need prayer, come on down the front. We'll be glad to pray with you in Jesus' name. Remember, you're not still here free to go. But if you need prayer, come on down the front. In the name of Jesus. We just love praying for people and I thank God for you. My sisters, I thank God for you. In the name of Jesus. Anybody else need prayer? Come on down. In the name of Jesus. I believe in my sister over here with that beautiful baby. In the name of Jesus. The Lord loves it. The Lord accepts it. The Lord will anoint you. The Lord will keep you. Even though it's just a beginning step. The Lord loves you in Jesus' name. Thank you, my sister. You come over here Amen. I believe in healing my Amen Yes, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, seal the Lord, God. Seal her by your spirit. Seal her, Father, in the name of Jesus. Don't let no devil and hell come against her. In the name of Jesus, God. May this become so real to her. In the name of Jesus, God. Still moving forward. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just my sister that's on the right here. In the name of Jesus father i thank you in jesus name that the power of god is healing is moving and working in jesus name i believe lord jesus that salvation will take place and be true and my sister will be strong in the name of jesus that the commitment she made will be real in the name of jesus in the name of jesus and i thank you for the healing lord bring peace bring peace to my little sister here you need peace in your life don't worry god's still in control he has not moved up, 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 not even an inch from where he was. Last time you saw it, he's still there, waiting on you. It's going to be all right in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I believe for healing with my sister. You said if you agree on touching anything that has on earth, it shall be done. God, I know. I don't just have to believe i know doctors don't have a clue how to fix what's wrong with us god they can't them but you treat the disease you can touch body you can recreate you can make a new leg you can make a new hip you can make a new backbone lord you can do it in jesus name so i speak over my sister right now in the name of jesus from the top of the head to the soles of the feet i ask you to recreate I ask you to retrain, I ask you to rethink, Lord God. Make straight broken places. I ask you to heal in the name of Jesus, God. I ask you to heal. I ask in the name of Jesus, the pain will start going away even as we pray, and she will start doing things that she couldn't do before. And in the name of Jesus, in the next 24 hours, that pain will be completely gone. His leg will be completely healed. That the doctor will have even knowledge, Lord God. That is the power of God that is healing. We're standing and agreement together. It shall come to pass in the name of Jesus. You said believe and you shall receive. So we ask God, the beginning of our receiving, God, we're asking. We're not going to do it. We're believing God that this will take place today. Today, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for your healing. Thank you for the story. You guys just keep on going on with Jesus. Don't stop. Don't you give up. And you keep going. You keep going. All right? First day, rest of your life. Rest of your life, get stronger. Get stronger. Get stronger each day. God bless you. This is your moment. Maximize the moment. Write it down in your Bible. I gave Jesus Christ my life today. Write it in your Bible somewhere. Then tell somebody something good is just about to happen. Is right around the corner. Just around the corner. In Jesus' name. Come on. We love you. See you Wednesday night. Go with God. Hey. 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 hey.